Welcome to the All Things Real Estate Podcast with our very own Josh Barker. With more than 20 years of experience and over 5,000 properties sold, Josh brings a unique perspective to the real estate market. Let's get started. All right, so we're here for our podcast. I was sharing with our guest here. We have uh, Dan Metz, a real estate extraordinaire, been here for, how long have you been selling real estate now, buddy? Uh, 2010. 2010. So, so it's been a while now. Yeah, 12 years. All right. You got a little bit of uh, what we call salt and pepper going on up here <laughs> in the in the hairline. That's right. My wife says it's definitely real estate related. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can appreciate that for sure. So just for you to know, up front, we're about to go Facebook Live. I hope you're ready for that. Oh, All right. hope not. <laughs> That's all right. right. So we got a couple topics we just discussed before jumping on uh, for all of our listeners. But um, the big thing we just probably wanted to catch up on was just what's happening in the housing market right now. Is that a good place to start? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So I, I, I just looked up. It said the inventory is 557 homes for sale, um, of which 66 homes have gone pending since the beginning of the month. And right now, we're not supposed to do this, but right now we're at 116, so January 16th. And we've got 66 single-family homes that are pending, uh, 557 for sale. So what's up, man? What, what's going on with that? Yeah, we're just seeing far less buyers buying right now compared to what we've had in the past. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, how, how many homes normally do we have go pending in a month, in any given month? Well, uh, prior to COVID, it was probably, you know, 250 to 275. During COVID, it spiked up above that. And then obviously, over the last 12 months, it's been trending down, right? Right, right. So. I think we've got a lot of headwinds, you know, that we can talk about. Sure. For starters, affordability is probably the number one issue mm. that we're seeing right now. Buyers are just having a hard time aff- qualifying or being able to afford these prices. Mm. With the new interest rates? With the new interest rates. Yeah, you're right. I think that's been a big thing. I mean, what was it probably in uh, December, January, about a year ago for our listeners, that's when the rates started to go up. Yep. Uh, corresponding effect was we started seeing pricing coming down, right? Right. Um, and so we have the situation now where you have the median buyer uh, who's qualified for less uh, than what the median home is listed for. Right. Right. And that's, that's, right. that's having an impact on, uh, on demand. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you seeing that out in the field too? I am. That's one of the, that's one of the first things we like to talk about is the, the, the word affordability. Yeah. You know, if we focus just on interest rates, you know, historically an interest rate of six and a half percent isn't mm-hmm. all that high. Right. But when you're looking at the word affordability and you start breaking down the three components of affordability, that's when you can really start to see what's happening in the bigger picture. Yeah. What, what would be some of the components on affordability? Well, you, you really got to take a look at, you know, not just the interest rate. You got to take a look at the average income in mm-hmm. that area mm-hmm. um, and then the price yeah. in that area. Yep. So interest rate versus median income and, of course, the asking prices for this home. That's right. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because I've got, uh, you know, my parents would say to me, well, you know, I, I went through the 70s, <laughs> right? You know, and it's like, you know, that's when uh, a lot of this was happening and, and the interest rates were, you know, at 16, 17 percent. I've, I've heard stories higher than that. Um, but, you know, that, that's how high it was. And then they're saying, you know, the rates of today are far lower. But it's like, yeah, but mom, dad, you don't understand the, you know, the, the cost for the homes back then were a lot less, too. Right. That's right. Well, when you start playing with these three variables, yeah. it, it can have a huge impact. So yeah. what did we see the last two years that maybe your parents didn't see yep. when they had those rates? And when we go back and start looking at the last two years, we can see that 
interest rates were very up and down, dramatic. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then in addition to that, you might argue that we had a lot of people moving here from out of the area that were working from home. Yep. And their average income possibly could have been, most likely was more than what our average income here in in Shasta County is. Right, because their wages would have been based on the big city or whatever, and they were getting paid that kind of money uh, living remotely. So they're up here, they're buying into our real estate market up here at lower cost. Um, But it added to the demand side, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, What about new construction? I mean, I know new construction is still out there. Um, I mean, we still see builders that are still building. Is it it as uh, prolific as it was before or is it going down? What does that look like? We're definitely seeing a slowdown in the, well, the overall demand. If the demand's not there, it's harder for these builders here in Shasta County to continue building yeah. uh, as at the pace, same pace that they were before. Mm-hmm. So here in Shasta County, I, I feel like they've always built based on the demand. They'll, they're not going to go out and build a whole lot of homes. Yep. They're going to, they're going to get a, get a home into contract with a good deposit. And then they're going to go for building that home. And if we're not seeing that same demand, it yep. makes it tougher for those builders to, yeah. Well, there's a builder right now over off of uh, Rancho Road. It looks like they're building quite a few homes, and they don't have any buyers for those yet. Yeah, yeah, we're we're seeing that. Yeah, they're yeah they're pushing it right. <laughs> they are. I mean, they I've, are. I was driving out there a couple of weeks ago, and um, I was just kind of looking at the subdivision, looking at the lots that are already building out. And I was like, wow, they they've got a lot of homes actually started all at once. Have you ever, have you ever seen that here in Shasta County before? Yeah, we, we did. We saw that in like 2003, four and five, um, where they had really outpaced the demand side. I mean, they were building homes left and right everywhere. I mean, a lot of the subdivisions came online pretty much all at the same time, right around that 2005. Okay. And, um, they were speculating. They didn't even have the buyer yet. So they weren't owner, they weren't building for a property owner yet. They were just speculating and uh, not all of them, but a lot of them are doing that. In fact, those are the ones that when the market did shift, those are the ones that sat as like slabs for years. Because unless you, if you haven't started building the sticks yet, yet right? So for, you know, listeners and, and people watching this, that, you know, once, once you start this, you know, building and framing the home, you kind of have to follow through with it. The city's not going to let you sit there and have a half-framed house. It's too dangerous. Right. Um, and so at that point, you're kind of committed. But at slabs, we watched them stop. Hmm. Um, at the slab level and like, we're, we're done. We're not going, we're not going to keep going from here. Um, and it's, yeah, so we've seen it before. Um, it doesn't feel the same because there was a lot more homes being built in 05, uh, mm. in, in terms of how many were being built without buyers really for them yet compared to now. Got it. Got it. Um, okay. But it's, I mean, that builder we're talking about, I mean, we're starting to see some price reductions and stuff like that out there too, right? Yeah, they're they're wanting to see the inventory continue to flow. Mm-hmm. So they'll, you know, the last thing they'll want to resort to is the price. But we are starting to see them reduce those prices to yep. try and move that inventory. So what's the deal? I mean, why would a builder uh, be resistant to reducing the uh, the price? It's a really good question. At the end of the day, you know, they've been selling these same floor plans to other buyers who have recently purchased these right. homes. So it has an impact not only on their on the builder's bottom line, but it impacts the prior home purchasers that recently purchased. Yeah, I know, man. Could you imagine if you're you're living in the home, uh, you bought the house six months ago for X, and now it's being sold for $10,000 below X. Right. Yeah, that's not a great feeling. Um, I think a lot of those builders right now, uh, at least from our experience, is like they'll, they'll do some additional credits. Um, you know what I mean? Like maybe they're going to yep. give some more credits towards closing costs or... Uh, help buy down the rate or, you know, add some appliances. 
um, maybe do a few things like that to protect that purchase price um, and instead give some more concessions. Um, I think we've seen that in the new construction side. What do you think? Yep. We're definitely seeing those incentives. I mean, not just in, not even just new construction, we're seeing sellers across the board doing Mm -hmm. what they can to keep these prices elevated and offering those credits and, you know, different things like paying for an appraisal and whatnot. Sure. Yeah. There's been some differences there, huh? Because, um, you know, when you think about, uh, what the seller, the, the power the seller had in the negotiation, let's say 24 months ago, would you say it's greater than or less than today? The power that the seller has is definitely less than. Yeah. So now we're seeing more seller concessions, um, uh, in terms of, uh, credits and, you know, negotiating repairs at a higher frequency. There's a lot more of that happening now than it happened in the past. Would that sound about right? Yes, definitely. Um, and we see that too. And I think, I think the, the sellers typically are still trying to do credits. Like even if they're in, in their inspections, if they find something wrong, um, oftentimes I'm seeing that they're, they would rather do a credit to compensate for that ij- issue than rather than to actually make the correction themselves. Right. Yeah. The credit's a lot easier. It, it can help keep the timelines that we're looking for, for mm-hmm. our sellers. Um, so we're still a lot, we're still seeing sellers work that, yep. go in that direction with, selling a home and, and doing credits yeah, I think as so opposed too. to doing repairs and yep. going through the whole house. I totally agree. So let's dive into the rental market for a second. You have rentals, right? I do. Okay. Yeah. Um, and my wife and I, we, we've had rentals for a while and, um, it's been interesting to watch, uh, the transformation in the rental market. I mean, I would say that, you know, again, if you go back 24, 18 months ago, even a year ago, uh, the rental market felt pretty tight. Don't you think? Yeah. There, the demand was pretty pretty high. Yeah. When I, when I had a property available, I had no trouble. Barely had to even do any advertising. Word of mouth practically worked. Worked fine to get it done. To get a tenant in there. Yeah. Um, at that time, and this would be like maybe 12 months ago, I I think we were seeing vacancy rates that were like maybe one to 2%. And they were probably really just the units that once the tenant moved out, you know, you have to go in there sometimes and do a little, you know, refreshing to the unit, whatever you might have to do. And that might've been what the vacancy was. Right. Because it was just long right. enough to get the unit, you know, refinished to the point where it's ready to be rented out to the next group, right? Yeah, it could have been closer to zero. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been closer to zero in reality. Um, talking to property managers now, um, the numbers, and this isn't just here in Reading, although it, it is here in Reading, uh, but also up and down the state, because uh, we try to do our best to talk to people up and down the state, because obviously we know those those folks, whatever's happening down there might come here as well. But we're talking about vacancy rates that are 8% even more. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, that's been a transformation in itself. Um, interesting enough, I, I think that some of it might be just because the, the expectations for rent prices were pretty high. Not as many people were going to be able to meet that expectation. And so the units have to sit for a period of time or even be price reduced in terms of their rental, you know, what they're asking for their rent. Uh, to get them rented out. I mean, have you seen some of that too? Yeah, the same story, supply and demand. If yep. if the supply outweighs the number of people that want to rent, mm-hmm. it, the affordability has to balance back out. That's, yep. again, just the magic word. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot. I think a couple of days ago, you and I were talking about, didn't you guys have a unit that was vacant or something? Yeah, yeah. So we had a have a unit that's vacant. If Actually, if you want to... <laughs> <laughs> you want if, you, if you're looking for a two bed, one bath apartment, oh, great. we've got no, a unit available. That's right. Yeah. So have you had to drop your rent on it yet? Uh, yeah, we're looking at dropping the rent here, here in just a little bit. So, so. that's kind of the, the same thing, right? Yeah. I think the, the last update report was there was two leads generated, uh, from my property manager said they had two leads generated. So do they ever give you any gauge of what that would have been like a year ago? 
It's a good question. I'd, I'd have to follow up on that. Yeah, um, some of the stuff I talk, when I talk to them about it, it's it, the numbers start to really catch your eye because they're like, oh yeah, you know, we had like seven or eight units available and now we have 35. Right. You know, and right. you're like, whoa, that's a huge change in inventory. Uh, something that, you know, I, I think if you're not prepared for it, it might catch you off guard. Right. Um, right. So I guess really on this front, we'll just to talk about the rental market. Would you say it, it would you call it softening? Oh, yeah. I mean, I can see it, mm-hmm. you know, and you're feeling it, too. Pers- right? Yeah. Feeling it personally. Yep. So. So for property owners out there right now that have rental market uh, or have rentals in the market, I think something to be aware of is that, you know, uh, it might be better to, you know, get the rent more competitive sooner rather than hold on to a vacancy longer. Because uh, it takes a while to make up for a unit being vacant for two or three months when you could have maybe just adjusted the rent just a little bit, right? Right. I agree with that. That's yeah. the approach that I would take. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I think that's what I've been being told is, is being a good way to go to. Um, so another one we talked about was Zillow. Yeah. A couple interesting changes there, right? Yeah. What did you say that for the first time Zillow has announced that we're seeing the market depreciate? Yeah. It's the first time I've seen Zillow come out with that kind of an announcement since you came in the business in 2010. Really? No yep. kidding. So we were seeing those kind of home price expectations that were popping out, you know, in 2008, 2009 and 10, uh, even I think maybe into 11, it'd be hard to remember exactly when it stopped doing that. Um, but that was the last time we've really seen Zillow come out with a home price expectation that was lower than it currently is. Right. Yeah. Um, and now we're starting to see those reports coming out from Zillow that are having these expectations for the reasons that we just talked about earlier. You know, you have the median home list price that is higher than what the median buyer can afford based on, uh, what the interest rate is today. And of course what their wages are. Right. Yep. Um, what's their, what's their forecast? Oh man, I, I'd hate to quote it because it'll probably change in an hour anyway. But um, I think um, in Reading and certain one of the zip codes was like three and a half percent over a period of time. Uh, Anderson, I saw it was high as uh, I think three or four percent. I think Red Bluff was like at eight percent for certain markets. And so it's not all one number because uh, I think they do it by uh, zip, zip code. code. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely an eye catching thing. It's like, well, I haven't seen that negative number in front of that number in a really long time. Uh, wow. which I think, I mean, how are you sharing that with your home pro- your property owners that you're representing? I mean, obviously we represent a lot of sellers here in the office all the time. And when you go out and have these conversations with our clients and, and discussing the market, um, what, what would be the advice that you're giving to some of these sellers out there? Yeah. At the, at the end of the day, our, our number one focus is to keep the client first. We want to help them net the highest price we possibly can, yep. but also we really want them to understand the market they're about to dive into. So yep. We really just try to find the support we're looking for and then also try to future pace and understand where the market's going yep. so that our client can be making the right, you know, not the right decision. There's no such thing as a right decision, but there's always options. Yes. So we won't, we really want to make sure our client has all, all their options available to them yep. so that they can be making those decisions. Yep. So. Well, have you heard that they're, I mean, they're talking in the, you know, in the economic forums and, you know, chat rooms and everything else are talking about recession in the future. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, if that recession were to take place, do you think that have a negative, a positive or a neutral uh, impact on, on, on asking prices? I don't see how it can't hurt real estate prices if we're in a recession. Okay. Just the overall sentiment, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what causes recession ultimately is going to be what labor loss, right? Unemployment, so, yeah. Yep, unemployment's going to go up. Uh, buyer confidence will likely go down as a result of that, and it could relate to the housing market as well. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to have the same level uh, level of impact, but it certainly is a, a headwind, as you were saying earlier. Right, that's right. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I agree with that. So if, if that's the case, would a seller be better off to sell sooner rather than later in this market? I, I would venture to say most sellers would say, yes, mm-hmm. let's get the job done now if, if they're looking more at the short term. Yep. You know, we don't really know for sure, for sure, you know, what the overall outcome is going to be over the next. Hold on. You don't have a crystal ball? No crystal ball. All right, ball. let's just cut this thing <laughs> off right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but again, I mean, we can, we can look at the market data. We can look at what experts are saying, and then yeah. we can provide that information. You know, most experts are saying we're going to be in a recession this year. Yeah. So if that's the case, is now the best time to maximize value yep. as opposed to 12 months from now? Yep. Um, or are you going to wait this wave out? We all know real estate's very cyclical. Yep. You know, you've seen a lot of cycles. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see on this one how, how long it goes. I mean, most of, most of the stuff I'm reading, they don't feel like it's going to be all that deep. I mean, the good thing about housing that I'm really happy about in comparison to 2006 and seven is that the types of loans that are um, currently funded where the people are to live in the home and they're making a mortgage payment, most of these are fixed loan products, either 15-year or 30-year loans, right? Right. Um, and a lot of them are at pretty good interest rates too. Yep. And so when you look at that, it's, you know, the probability of a, of a really robust foreclosure market is, is, is pretty small. Unlikely. I mean, it's very unlikely. Yeah. Um, and that really was the catalyst uh, for our inventories to jump through the roof um, back in the day. But we're not, we're not seeing that right no, now. No, not at all. I mean, gosh, I mean, just like we said, we have, uh, what we say, 557, you know, single family homes for sale today. Yeah, that's right. Um, now our volume is down. And so you're going to hear from the lenders out there. And you're going to hear from real estate agents that the market's really slow. And that's because from their perspective, the market's really slow. Right, right. You know, there's not a lot of refinancing going on right now. And purchasing is down, you know, almost probably, it's probably uh, at least half, but in some cases more than half of what it was before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from a volume perspective, that's going to have an impact on, on people in that profession. Right. Um, but it doesn't translate into a market collapse because, you know, homes are, because the inventory is low, it, it's, it's kind of actually helping us from going down too fast in value, right? I could have seen our market going much faster if we had a surplus of supply. Yes. I mean, decelerating. Yes. Faster impact. I call it the golden handcuffs. Yep. A lot of sellers right now are tied. So making that upsize or downsize Move, giving up that three and a quarter, up, or three and a half percent. Yeah, giving rate. up that rate makes it really challenging. Yeah, it's just not as affordable as it was the last two years. Yep. you know, or even prior to the pandemic. That's so. a good point. So, so really, the reason has to be pretty compelling. It's got to be a really high motivator. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're gonna have a, you know, a, if you're running out of room and the family's kind of over overpowering you and you need more space, that 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 need might outweigh the the cost of losing that interest rate to, in order to make that move, right? Exactly. Um, or if you're losing, um, you know, excitement in your property and and wanting something refreshed, now now you're thinking about, well, do I remodel my home, or do I go out and purchase a new one that has all the things that I want in it now, right? Right. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of different things going on there for sure. Um, I mean, not, not, no specific number. What, what are interest rates today? I think last I checked this morning, I believe they're sitting right around six and a half percent Okay, for yeah, a 30 year mortgage. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. And, um, we just had the fed come out and say that inflation's coming down a little bit. Uh, the supply chain is, That's is right. beginning to uh, replenish itself, which is, is good news to hear. Um, and so we're, we're kind of looking at it going, okay, well, you know, what's the interest rates looking like they're going to be in the future. And so everybody's got their own opinion on that one. Um, but collectively, I think that there's more likelihood that the interest rates will remain similar to what they are now or slightly lower, uh, versus going up. That's right. Um, is that what you're seeing too? Yeah, we're certainly hoping so. I mean, if, if what we saw over the last two years, 
um, pushed us to these elevated interest rates. Mm -hmm. In order for affordability to balance back out, yep. I personally, I would like to see interest rates come down closer to about five and a half, five and a quarter. Oh, let me call, let me call the Fed for you real quick. Yeah. We'll, we'll get that <laughs> set up. <laughs> Let's make that happen. <laughs> we got them on speed dial. Yeah. So, well, I think for them to, you know, obviously the Fed doesn't necessarily set the mortgage rate. They set that discount rate, right? And, yeah. Uh, which puts some pressure on that. But I, I agree. I, I think that in order for our market to reach some sort of a meaningful volume, which gives buyers a little bit more confidence and sellers a little bit more confidence and creates some more uh, predictability, yeah. you know, in the market. Exactly. I think rates being in that five and a half to you know five and a half range would really be the the catalyst for that. Um, and right now at six and a half, we we don't have too far to go. <laughs> right. Um, right. But that's that that's definitely some headwind. Um, the fact that rates are a little higher than where where most people can afford at the moment. That's right. Yeah. One of the exercises we like to do with our sellers is we'll show them, you know, when we're listing, when we're choosing the price that they want to list, mm -hmm. we want to share with them what the buyer's payment will look like. Yep. Just to give them an idea of what's happening right yep. there, right now. So. Absolutely. Um, so I think we have time for one more topic. Okay. Um, vacation rentals. Yeah. So um, I know we had a city council meeting here a few days ago. And um, I, I know there was some pretty heated discussion uh, in a respectful way. Yeah. Um, not that heated like we're seeing in politics today or right, anything like that. Right. But like, you know, some passionate people on both sides of the argument in terms of what to do with vacation rentals, how to monitor it a little bit, you know. And you got to feel for both sides, right? So, um, you know, one person, it's a business. And the other person, it's my neighborhood. That's right. And, you know, how do we bridge the gap between those two um, and really, you know, solve the picture or solve the problem for the bigger picture for the community? Um, but I mean, are vacation rentals going away right now? We're, we're sitting right around from the Intel that I gather. We're sitting right around a hundred vacation rentals that are actually licensed to do so with a permit. Okay. Um, and then there might be an, about another 300 or so plus or minus that aren't doing it with a permit. Got it. Um, so it, it's a huge, it's a definitely a, a good portion of our market and what we're, what we have here real yeah. estate wise. You know, and I was having a conversation with another agent about this, um, and one of the thoughts that we had was around, um, you know, those are no longer actually long-term rentals when they're vacation rentals, which it does have an impact on the availability of rentals. Right. Um, but like we were talking about earlier, the vacancy rate's starting to go up, so that's not really as much of an issue to solve for at the moment. Right. Uh, you, right. you know what I'm saying? Because uh, I've always been concerned for vacation rentals, like, gosh, if everybody ended up going down that road, the long-term rental market wouldn't have as much supply, which oh, right. pushes rent prices up. Right, right. You know yeah. what I mean? And I, I would imagine that some of the folks that you know that are looking at the, the, the macro of that equation are probably concerned about similar things. But right now, you got vacancy rates that are you know starting to climb already with the vacation rental market already existing. Yes. If, if you're, if you're going to change the vacation rental market, yeah. if this, if, if certain laws are implemented on the vacation rental and it slows that demand down, how's yep. that going to impact our overall real estate market for homeowners in general? Well, it's only one of two ways a property can go if it can't be a vacation rental. It's either going to be liquidated and sold, right? right? Um, or if the person's uh, living in it, I guess maybe they could just, you know, do something different with it, you know, that vacant space. Um, or the other option is they turn it into a long-term rental. Right. You know, right. so it's going to do something there. Um, but we've had some questions around it. And I would say that we're, you know, this, the, there was no solutions or there was no final decisions. I don't think that were made a couple of days ago in that meeting. Just proposals. Uh, yeah. yeah. Some proposals, some broad strokes. I think there was a couple of votes on a few things, trying to get things, you know, get some clarity. 
Um, but I don't have an actual policy that I could speak to you right now that say, all right, this is in concrete. This is what you could expect. Um, but if you're in the market right now thinking that you're going to be buying properties for the vacation rental market, I would say a couple things. One, um, the vacancy rate for vacation rental market is, is starting to soften. That's right. And it's not as easy as it was. And the numbers that they were getting for those is starting to soften as well. Would you agree? I would. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what I've gathered. Yep. And so, and there could be some regulatory things that are coming down the pipe for that as well. So keep all those things in mind when you when you go to make that decision on it. Um, it's going to be something we'll watch pretty closely, I think, in the in, in the short term and over the long term of you know what what direction are we going with these? Yep. So great, man. That's good. Um, any other thoughts you wanted to share with the group? Oh man, thanks for having me on and, oh, yeah. and talking with me. It's always fun. And uh, thanks again. Yeah, absolutely. Thank right, you. Take care. If you're enjoying the All Things Real Estate podcast, please feel free to subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.